Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie. And today, I've got a very interesting guest. My guest today, I've been chatting to him for the last couple of weeks. I've been on his email list for months and months now, and I've been watching what he's been doing from afar. We've recently started to become closer friends, and I'm really excited to share his story today because I'm pretty certain that his story is one of the most unique stories that you will hear in terms of where he's come from, where he got to in his business, and to the decision he made just a few months ago to step back from his main time gig and actually go and work with somebody else, but somebody who is a power player in the industry, um, Mr. Steve Larson. So I'm super excited to dig into that story as well. But my guest today, he's a top 30 ClickFunnels designer. He's an absolute webinar junkie, which I love as I'm a podcast junkie. <laughs> and he runs the company Grow With Webinars. Please welcome my guest today, Austin Dixon. What's going on, Austin? Hey, my man. Thanks for having me. Dude, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. And uh, I just I, I'm, I just want to state this on the record that uh, I've wanted to get in contact with you for a while, but I just want everyone to know what a nice dude you are, man. Like you reached out to me and we just got on a phone call and we just had this like super chill chat just to like get to know each other with no kind of agendas, no ulterior yeah. motives. Like you didn't want to sell me a webinar, like, <laughs> like that. just super, super genuine reaching out because you wanted to connect because you thought that we were on the same, the same wavelength. I really, really love that. And and can I just ask you about that quickly? Like what's yeah, the, please. what's the process behind that? Like, do you do that just because you, you love to connect with people? Business is a game of relationships. So, uh, I know that once again, the, the name of the game is connection. Um, it, it's getting to know people and just figuring out how to relate to other people. I'm reading a really interesting book right now, Scientific Advertising by uh, Claude Hopkins. And one of the things that stuck out to me is the fact that uh, he just said that one of the biggest things that, that led to his success in the advertising sphere was that he got to know the ordinary man better than every other advertiser out there. And so for me, it's a matter of once again, yeah, I don't, I don't care about the agenda. Um, I'm playing my own game and I'm very confident and comfortable with where I'm at. And so, uh, yeah, I always just try to connect with as many people as possible. 
I really love that. And I think there's something in that as well, because I mean, I've been on the road for a long time. I've been traveling for the last two years. And one of the biggest things I felt like I was lacking in my life, not just my business, was actual actual people around me who were on the same wavelength, you know, people who were doing the same things. And they always say that if you surround yourself by really positive people who are on the same trajectory as you, you know, you're the sum of the five people you're around. So I really respect that because I think that's something that a lot of people miss out on. And since I've been doing that as well in the last couple of months, I've really, it's been really nice to actually surround myself with entrepreneurs who, who you can just like pick up the phone to and chat to. And it doesn't always have to be business, you know, it's actually friends, but who are also in that same space. So, you know, I'm a big fan of that. So Austin, just before we get dig into the interview, because I've got a ton of exciting questions to ask you, because I'm super interested, nothing prepared, completely going just off the book here. But before we get into that, I would really love for you to just share a little bit about your your background and how you got started in the whole online space, just for our audience who doesn't know where you came from. Um, going back to, you know, I've always been very business and entrepreneurial driven. I remember, you know, in high school, I was in DECA and was always interested in business. I think it was for the sake of, you know, I always just wanted to be a CEO or a founder. And so in college, uh, studied advertising. And I always wanted to, in college, I wanted to go into the tech space. I wanted to build the next Facebook, build the next Snapchat. I saw all of these tech founders raising a bunch of money. They were in the news and the media and whatnot. And I just thought it was really cool. And then um, after college, unfortunately, with an advertising degree, uh, living in LA, I was a commodity. I was just like everyone else. And uh, as goes with a lot of, you know, college graduates in today's, you know, job marketplace, I spent three months, you know, I went to a good, good university, got good grades, um, extracurriculars and whatnot. And I thought getting a job was going to be super easy. I spent three months not hearing back from anyone, um, ended up landing like, I think two or three interviews. And the job that I ended up taking was from a guy that I knew from school. So that whole process, um, you know, being an athlete my entire life, uh, being in a fraternity that's always very competitive, like I felt really defeated. I, I honestly felt like a loser. I was like, this is a, a fallback option. I'm not super excited for it, but I need to pay rent. Like I need to grow up. I need to get a big boy job. And so let's do it. So jumped into a job that, uh, didn't really know what to expect. It was, it was with a cool company, but the position I was, I was in didn't really know much about it. Didn't care much about it. And, uh, after about a month and a half, maybe two months, I just realized like I'm capped. I felt really stuck in the mud already. I realized that the specific position I was in, there wasn't much of a growth opportunity. Um, you know, getting a promotion just meant more money. It didn't really mean a new skill set and evolving as a young professional and very quickly into that job, I just realized like, this is not what I need to be doing. And so what I started to do was actually, uh, it, it was funny timing because we had a coworker that was in New York that quit and he was the only guy on our team that worked on the East Coast. So our boss came in one day, he delivered the news and he says to the three of us, we had a super small team. He said, I'm going to need one of you to come in and work New York hours. Now, I'm not a morning person by any means. I never have been. Uh, I've obviously been a little bit more keen on it these days. But at that time, I hated waking up in the morning. And for some reason, when our boss asked us that and said, I need one of you to come in, literally my hand shot right up. And I said, I'll do it. Like, I will literally come in. Because to me, it was that opportunity to escape this jail that I was in. Um, nothing against the coworkers that I was working with and whatnot. But like, I would show up each and every day. And I just hated it. I, I felt out of place. I felt very alone. And so to be able to come in, 
a couple hours early and then leave the office a couple hours early was a no-brainer for me. Now, the nice thing about it was that during that time is when I actually started doing a little bit of research like a lot of us online entrepreneurs do about Googling, you know, how to make money online. And yeah. uh, really oh, just, so yeah, I really just fell into the rabbit hole because I, I was seeing all of these kids my age, you know, on Instagram, making what, you know, traveling the world, um, going to all these really cool places, running an online business, even though I didn't really know what types of business they ran. I was just curious. Like I said, I, I always wanted to be in tech, but that's when I realized like, wait a second, wouldn't it be really cool just to work for myself and like work from my laptop and work from home or a coffee shop or traveling and so on and so forth. And so went down that rabbit hole and didn't look back. So, um, you know, a few months into my job, I'm already burnt out. I'm already hating it. And now I start trying to figure out how to make money online. Um, talked to a buddy from back home who was graduating college and he wanted to do the same thing. He's like, I look, I don't want to, I don't want to get a job. I want to try out this whole online entrepreneurship thing. And so we just decided, Hey, look, you, he had, uh, he was doing studying SEO at the time. I was doing a little bit of web design. So we said, Hey, we're millennials. We understand digital marketing. Why don't we start a digital marketing agency? So, uh, just kind of diminish that risk. I said, Hey, look, I'm working a job. Let's see if we can get a client and see how we work together. See if we can deliver a good product and a good service to a client. And uh, that's when we got our first client. He was a lawyer back in Spokane, Washington, and built him a website. And that was kind of the light bulb moment for me because I think if I remember correctly, we charged like 2K for it. And I was like, wait a second, like I'm doing this on the side of a nine to five job. Like, what if I quit my job and had more time to focus on this? Like, how many more clients could I take on? What would that look like from a financial standpoint? And very quickly, I just realized that. Being an employee is great for some people, but for me, there was, there was a ceiling. And whether that be financially, professionally, skill set wise, all of those things to me were not worth having a steady paycheck. So May of 2016, ended up quitting my job, diving headfirst into online business. And uh, since then, it's just been head down trying to figure out the lay of the land and kind of you know, evolving each and every day. That's crazy. And I love that because it's so funny. Every, every entrepreneur I know at some point was like, light bulb moment, starts Googling, like how to make money online, how to make money yeah. in travel, all these different things. And everyone kind of goes through that same journey. So I love that. So you started off in 2016 um, with your buddy doing an agency. And mm -hmm. that was a while ago now. You know, it's funny that a lot of people I speak to in this online space, like I quit my job in 2017. A lot of people really haven't been in the game this long. Like I was listening to Rachel mm -hmm. Peterson at a conference a while ago and she's like yeah I started my business you know really it started to take off two years ago and I'm like what like I thought you've been in this game like so long and like when she said that it made me realize that oh my god like it's actually possible for us to get to that level you know I had this expectation in my mind that these were people that had been because they're veterans and because they've got these two comic club awards mm -hmm. I had this image in my mind that they were like these 10 year, 20 year, like veterans that like, that's something you can get to eventually, but it's actually super attainable. So Austin, tell me about, cause, cause you now are, are kind of like branded as the webinar guy, which I super love. Cause I love when people mm -hmm. go into like channel and just kind of dominate and own their own thing. So just take me through that evolution from 2016 to actually getting to webinars. Cause mm -hmm. to go from an agency to just doing webinars is, is a, not a huge jump, but it's definitely a different direction. How did that come about? For sure. 
Yeah. So I was, uh, when, when I first jumped into online business, I was doing WordPress builds. I knew nothing about sales funnels. Didn't really know. That's why earlier I quoted digital marketing agency, because looking back on it, me and my buddy, we, we didn't know how to market. We were millennials that knew a little bit more than these local business owners. Um, but, but looking at what I know now compared to what I knew then drastically different skill set and, and knowledge set as well. So I was doing, I was doing, uh, WordPress websites, Randomly one day came across a, an ad from Russell Brunson, ran across a blog post from Ryan Dice over at Digital Marketer. And between the two of them, my world got flipped upside down because I started to understand, oh, this is how you grow a company online. You use these little things called funnels and this is why you use them because they actually work. So just kind of dove into the world of sales funnels. Um, I remember very, very vividly, this was a huge turning point for me. Um, I was visiting a buddy in Minnesota and it was, uh, it was about a year after I quit my job. So summer of 2017 and I'm on his couch. He had worked the next day. I, I jumped, you know, went to Minnesota a day early than all of our buddies. And, uh, I'm, I'm laying on his couch, scrolling through Facebook, like trying to go to sleep. And I run across a post from Russell Brunson that says, Hey, look, we're looking for click funnels designers. We're, we're going to host a competition, um, apply here and yada, yada, yada. And my initial gut reaction was there's no way in hell that I'm going to get chosen. Like I had just started using click funnels. I didn't really know how to make funnels work, but one thing I did know how to do is make them look pretty. Uh, I've always been very keen on branding and, and good design and whatnot. And so I initially scrolled past it. And then luckily I'd been an online entrepreneur for about a year there, which meant that I'd taken some punches up to that point. I'd been told no before. So it was that, it was that flip that said, Austin, like the worst thing that's going to happen is you're not going to hear back. Like it's not even that you're going to get a no on the phone. You're just not going to hear back. So sure enough, I scroll back up, I apply. And, uh, about two weeks later, I get an email from Miles Clifford over at ClickFunnels saying that I had been chosen as a top 30 ClickFunnels designer. Um, you know, without going too much into the event, that, that single event changed everything for me because that was the turning point of being a website designer to becoming a sales funnel builder and really understanding how to run an online business to generate customers, you know, generate leads, make more money utilizing sales funnels. So after that event, um, started building funnels. I mean, I just put my head down and I said, Hey, this, this is the skill that I need to learn. Once again, I didn't know too much about him. I could make him look good, but I worked actually with a buddy from that event and he was just passing me little like lead generation funnels. I didn't know how to do these big webinar builds. I didn't know. I still didn't even know what a product launch really was. I had been seeing and studying some of the bigger players, the Jeff Walkers, the Stu McLarens and whatnot, but I didn't understand it yet. And so I was doing a lot of lead gen stuff. And after a while, I just results were mediocre. I was working with a lot of like random clients and instead of pointing the finger at them, I started to do what every, I think good entrepreneur needs to do. And it's, it's owning the responsibility. Um, when it comes down to it, like results are everything as a marketer. If you can, if you can't get results in your craft, like you have to figure out how to overcome that and, and provide tangible, real results for people. And for me, it was that, hey, stop pointing the finger and saying you have bad clients and start understanding that you need to figure out the right type of clients that you can get results for. 
So I took a step back. Um, I ended up hiring a coach, which you might know him. His name is Steve Larson. <laughs> and uh, Steve to Wait. me was once, what's that? Who's that guy? Never heard of him. Yeah, who's that guy, right. And uh, that, that for me was arguably one of the, the scariest decisions of my life because I knew that I needed to invest in a coach and a mentor that could help me up my game, help me really focus and dial in on my skill set. But Steve, his coaching program, we were doing one-on-one coaching, was I was paying him more than my rent, groceries, and gas each month. Literally, scariest decision of my life because at that point, I didn't have a business that was you know cranking out consistent revenue each and every month. And to pay some random dude that I met online 1500 bucks a month made absolutely zero sense in my mind. But everything about the decision was also the easiest decision that I, that I've ever made because I knew, I knew that's what I needed as reluctant as my logic was saying, Hey, don't do this deep down. I was like, this is the exact thing that you need to do. So after working with Steve, I really started to understand the patterns of marketing and the frameworks that these bigger marketers use to predictably generate leads and sales, predictably do these big product launches and predictably grow their business the right way. And once I started seeing the frameworks and the patterns about how they do it, um, I went into total geek mode. I went into the total, I've never been a very data driven guy in school. I hated the, the numbers and the data and all that stuff. Um, you know, I like stuff that is fun and stimulating for my ADD brain. But once I understood that all marketing is, is reading the data from your market and from your niche and then making educated decisions based upon that, that to me said, Hey, look, now I can go play at a bigger level. And I started to look at once again, what those big wigs were doing at the core of their business. They were all selling an information product through a webinar. And so for me, it was a really no brainer decision of, Hey, if I want to play at that level, that right there is a very tangible route I need to take and master if I want to get there. So that's kind of how I, how I, uh, you know, stumbled into doing webinars is, is just trial and error, a lot of mixed results, a lot of just random crap until I realized that is the, the one funnel that I see all of the people whose businesses I could see myself running, crushing it with. I think that's interesting as well, because I do feel like webinars is one of those things that a lot of people know that they need, but also sometimes really hate doing or setting up or, or understanding or, you know, they think there's a lot of pain associated with getting one working for the first time. So to yeah. go into that and to own it and to make it your thing, I think is a very smart move. And what, and what I really want to touch on next, Austin, is that from there, now that you're the webinar guy, you started to create your movement, right? You've got the Facebook group, you've got the uh, YouTube channel, you've got um, your email list, and you're making some serious moves to build that culture and that kind of following. When did that all kind of start? When did you really start to focus on building that movement? For sure. It started when I was finally comfortable with myself. Uh, probably about, you know, six to eight months ago. And I know that's kind of a funny answer, but this, this game of entrepreneurship is, uh, it's tough on the ego sometimes, as I'm sure you've experienced, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experienced. It is really hard to look around at the competition and other marketers and other entrepreneurs and feel worthy and feel, feel, you know, your own value. And it wasn't until I understood what value I really had for, for other people and the people that I serve 
that I started to own that and, and really, you know, dive deeper and want to share it more. So I've always, you know, since, since the day I jumped into online business, I've always published, but there was always this looking back on it barrier. It, it was this thing that I did just to do it. And it wasn't because I wanted to, you know, share the ups and the downs. It was more so I'm publishing for the sake of publishing. And about six to eight months ago, um, I actually, I think it was in November. So yeah, about seven months ago, um, I joined a program from Traffic and Funnels, their client kit program. And Taylor Welch and Chris Evans, honestly, I think two of the most brilliant marketers and entrepreneurs and business owners in the game. Obviously, the numbers prove it. I mean, they're doing like $1.2 million a month right now. But what they really helped me with wasn't necessarily the marketing and sales and all the, the, those little tangibles. What they really helped me with was this, was, was understanding, once again, my value to the marketplace, understanding my value to other people and getting me to accept and own it. And once I did that, the publishing and the tribe building just became a lot easier. I found myself wanting to share more of my journey. I found myself, you know, content started to become really easy to me because I realized it's just like Gary Vee says, like document the journey. It doesn't have to be, oh, here's all these crazy cool things I'm doing in the top 1%, like we were talking about before this interview, the top one showcasing the top 1% of our successes. It's, hey, I'm down here today and I know that my audience has either been there, they're there right now, or they're going to be there. So I'm going to share it. And uh, I found once I started doing that and just being comfortable with who I am and, and what I do, um, everything else just kind of became a little bit easier. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Do you have apps? Because obviously now you do daily emails or you certainly have been. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite emails that you've written and sent out from like the last couple of months while you've been doing that? Oh, man, that's my, my biggest downfall is that I have a terrible memory. Um, one of, I'm always surprised because what you alluded to earlier, the fact that, you know, we jumped on a call, I didn't have an agenda. Every once in a while, I'll send out an email that says, hey, look, I have some free time. Like I sent one out two weeks ago. Um, I was back home in Spokane, Washington. Steve was out of town. So I was back home in Spokane and I was working from a coffee shop and I sent out an email that said, hey, look, I have a little bit of free time. You actually replied to it. I said, I have a yeah. little bit of free time. Here's my phone number. Shoot me a text and let me know you know, your current big struggle and, and I'll chat with you and, and we'll get it squared away. I'm always surprised. And this goes to show why I, I really believe the vast majority of entrepreneurs fail is because they don't take advantage of opportunities. So from that email, um, I typically get my email list isn't crazy big. It's about 3000. Um, I get pretty healthy open rates. I only got five responses from it. And to me, those five people, yourself included, or it directly correlates to how those people do in business. Hey, here's an opportunity. Let me jump on it. Um, I really believe that successful people, one of the, one of the key you know, characteristics they all share is they take action quickly. They don't need to sit and ponder decisions. And uh, that was a direct example. So that was one of my favorite emails because it, it, it statistically showed the amount of people that, that succeed in this game. Um, another one that I've done, man, I'm always just sharing crazy stories. So there's, there's not another one that necessarily comes to mind right away. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love all those crazy stories. And it's funny because I remember when I text you, I said, Hey man, my biggest struggle right now is I'm struggling to figure out how to take you out to dinner when I get to Boise. And I was like, I'm going to take this as an opportunity. Can I, I'm going to like hang out with this dude who's like super awesome. So yeah, I think <laughs> I mean, 
because there's so many people. And actually, I've seen people do that before where they where they call out on something and they say, hey, do this to get in touch with me. And I see a bunch of people who say, oh, you know, I was going to do that. But then I thought he would get so many that he wouldn't even hear from me. Yeah. Uh, I speak I speak to a bunch of people when, do you remember when Steve Larson inside of his group announced that he was opening up a free community position? And yeah. really, it was just a long game to try and get someone to come and work for him. And, uh, and he ended up documenting it in his podcast afterwards. And I spoke to like, or seven people and I was like wow you should apply for that because you'll stand out and they were all like oh well I didn't end up applying because I thought he would have so many people and then mm. he ended up talking about in his podcast how actually he only had like five candidates out of yep. all the people through that were that were really decent so I think that's really interesting to hear like from the other side how many people actually kind of take advantage of that and so you've been building up this kind of crazy movement and and 3,000 people on the email list is no small feat especially and this is so crucial especially when it's an engaged list because yours mm. is heavy I feel like, you know, me, I, I can say this for myself, like I have like 1200 people on a list, but I don't email them. Like I'll email them, you know, every time I remember to do it, but it's super not consistent. And that's something I've yeah. been kind of beating myself up about and trying to make sure that I'm doing a better job of. But when you started to create this mass movement, Austin, and when you started to build this kind of daily uh, kind of religious regime of like emailing your list all the time, was there any real big struggles? Because um, a lot of the time I feel like it looks great from the outset, but was there any kind of challenges in getting that, getting that done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, the, the challenge of actually doing it, I think, you know, there's a lot of ideas that as marketers are good in thought. Yet when we put them into practice, sometimes they fail, sometimes they succeed. And I think us understanding that prevents us from taking action on it sometimes. So, you know, the, the first thought I had of, oh, I should email my list daily. As I started doing it, it was like, okay, crap, is this working? I don't know. And that always leads to a lot of self-doubt. But the thing that once again sets successful marketers, successful entrepreneurs, successful people apart from others is consistency. So I told myself, hey, commit to this for 30 days, see how you like it. And sure enough, very quickly, as I started to get responses, it validated why I wanted to do it. Once again, it's not, yes, it's a sales channel. Email's not dead. You know, e email list, I really believe, is, is the core of a business, your, your customer list. Um, as I started to you know, get better engagement. First, it was one reply, then it was two, then it was five, then it was 10. As the, the responses started pouring in, you know, each and every day, it really validated, once again, just that relationship building that we were talking about earlier. My email, I treat as a very intimate place. It's where I share a little bit more of my, my crazier side, a little bit more of the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. And what I found is that by tailoring it to a specific area of my life and sharing more of that real raw and uncut side of things as opposed to an Instagram that's more polished and professional, you know, um, my email list, people that are, that are on my list, you know, yourself included, that they're the ones that show up and they engage in my Facebook group and they watch my YouTube videos. So I really treat it as kind of the core of everything these days. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because um, I and I kind of like this because I'm thinking about like how I'm engaging with what you're doing. And I remember the first couple of emails I started to get through, I kind of like glanced at them and didn't really read them. And then when they became a lot more consistent, I started to recognize the person behind the email. And that yeah. sounds kind of weird, but as a marketer, I get so many emails. And I don't know if sometimes you have like, you're like, oh, okay, well, I kind of just wanted that freebie they gave. And then you don't really... <laughs> You don't really put them in your mind as like, oh, this is a person that I know. But then what was interesting is as I started to get more of your emails through that in my mind, it was like, oh, no, this is Austin. Like, this is the guy. And I started to get like a better understanding. Um, and I started to really kind of quantify it as like almost like somebody who was emailing me as like a, an update as a friend which sounds yeah. kind of weird, but like I started to read your stories in that way, which, which might be super good for you to hear on the other side. But it's interesting because like, because I haven't yet paid you any money and that hasn't been any kind of transaction, which as a marketer, you would say, oh, well, that hasn't worked, right? But actually, what you're so right, because at the beginning of this interview, you said, how you look at everything is relationships is that there's going to be an opportunity and I can see it for sure in the future where there's going to be some kind of opportunity that comes together where we'll be able to work together or something along those lines. And it all starts from that relationship. And I feel like your email as much as anything is, is kind of like a dream 100 builder. I feel like, and I don't know if that's your intention, but I look at it and I'm like, wow, that's like, that is got to be one of the best ways to really share yourself with other people. For sure. Yeah. And I, I guess I've never thought about it in the dream 100 sense, but it's really easy for me to segment the hyperactive people in my community through my email list. So even, you know, when people join my Facebook group, I have an automation set up and the focus of that is not only to indoctrinate them and welcome them to the Facebook community, but more so it's to train them to open, read and respond to my emails. So one of the first emails I send out is literally asking them, Hey, What's your number one issue? And I will tag you in, in a video in the Facebook group that'll help you solve that problem. So it's once again, taking them off this channel that I don't own, moving them to my asset that I do own and building that relationship there. That's really smart. I love that. And, and I, feel like, I feel like so often I see a lot of people right now who do these cookie cutter welcome sequences without really thinking about what they what they want people to do and i think it's really smart that you've got like an end game in mind of of the sequences that kind of go through there okay so i want to i want to change up gears a little bit and um i want to just talk about the success of your webinar agency because i think that's going to be really important before we move into the next step of your story which is moving across to working with steve so talk to me because I, I kind of, in my mind, I feel like you, you are pretty successful in what you are doing. Um, but, but talk to me about that. So talk to me about the success of the webinars, how things were going and, and kind of where you were at before you made that decision to make a jump. For sure. So once I, uh, when I, when I was doing coaching with Steve, the first client, I basically said, Hey, look, put, don't bring on any other clients that don't fit who you can serve at the highest capacity. Um, for me at that time, it was info product creators, and this is still kind of the, the space I play in. It's info product creators, you know, people who have uh, coaches, consultants, you know, course creators, so on and so forth, who are trying to sell their info online. Um, and, and I really believe that the best way to sell that type of offer is through a webinar. So the first client that I picked up, one of the big issues that I kept running into when I first started building sales funnels was I would build a funnel for a client and then I'd hand it off to them and they'd be like, okay, what's next? 
Now I didn't do Facebook ads. I wasn't a traffic driver back then. And so I would either hand this funnel off to them and then they wouldn't use it. Or I would hand it off to them. They would hire someone to do a little bit of traffic. It would kind of fall flat because they didn't know how to manage the funnel, so on and so forth. Once again, a lot of those issues were my issues. I could have hired someone to do the traffic. I could have, you know, had them pay me a retainer for the management, so on and so forth. That was, that was a learning experience for me as an entrepreneur, but it also really allowed me to understand once again, that perfect client for me. So after I got done with uh, getting, getting coached by Steve, I took a look at all of those failures that I had before. And I said, how do I fix this? How do I get a better client that solves those problems that I ran into before? And the immediate answer for me was social media influencers. Hey, these guys have massive audiences, massive audience. They have all the attention in the world that they need, yet the good majority of them don't know how to monetize it. I'm talking people with, you know, 300, 400, 500, a million followers that are making one grand, two grand, five grand a month. With my skill set, I realized, hey, look, I can come in and serve these people in a big way. And I don't have to worry about traffic because they already have it. So mm-hmm. the first project I worked on um, after, after you know, getting mentored by Steve was a product launch. We did, we did a big kind of product launch, um, ran it through a webinar, and that did $167,000 in 11 days. Now, up to that point, I had never had a success like that. Um, I was really still deep down doubting my capabilities. I'm looking at all these other marketers just crushing it, and I'm like, Ugh, I understand this stuff but why haven't the results came? And that project right there, that client I worked with was complete validation of that space that I was moving into. Um, and really it was, it was that, it, it was that client that got me to once again, understand, Hey, this is exactly where I need to be and where I need to continue to refine my skill set and, and just continue to go down this path. So, um, started doing big product launches, um, webinars, sideways webinars, you know, PLF funnel for social media influencers. I worked with, uh, Miss Ecuador. She was Miss Ecuador back in like, I think 2014, 2015 did, did a big product launch for her. Um, I worked with Chad Johnson from MTV's the bachelor. So I wanted to go this route of, of branding myself as, Hey, the, the, you know, product launch guy that helps these influencers. Come in. It's almost, like, uh, it's almost like the celebrity trainers, but you're like the celebrity webinar guy, right? 100%. You go be the sexy front end of the business. You post your content, <laughs> you look good on camera. I'll be the geeky marketer in the back end that's actually driving the revenue. And uh, what was nice about it is that it was a really easy pitch for me. I, I would um, literally reach out. I would create a little five minute custom video for my dream clients, people with hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. I would find their email because most of them have it in their Instagram bio. For any funnel builders out there, go do this and you'll make a killing. And literally, I I would send them a little custom video that says, hey, look, you have this massive audience. I just took a look and kind of broke down how you're trying to monetize it. Here's why you're doing it wrong. Here's how I can help. Let's jump on a call if you're interested. That's a no-brainer. It's, hey, I'm here to help. I'm leading with value first. And I would literally say, I will build you out a strategy. And if you want to take it and execute on it by yourself, you can take it. So be it. Or if you want to chat about how I can help you execute on it, we can entertain that discussion as well. And uh, 
and this is, I'm, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but all of this to say that we as entrepreneurs evolve. So I was doing these product launches for social media influencers. And one of the things I ran into, I thought this was literally going to be my shtick. And I was going to be the social media influencer, you know, the funnel builder, the webinar guy for social media influencers. And very quickly worked with a few clients who I just realized like a lot of the influencer space, they have, can I cuss on this podcast? Oh, like crazy. Go, go they, for it, they have shit backwards. They have all the attention they want and it's very ego driven. They want it for themselves. And I'm not saying everyone out there, but a lot of these influencers, the reason they're at where they're at and they have these hundreds of thousands, millions of followers is because it's a very ego driven play and it's self-serving. And once I started to realize this and understand this, I was like, wait a second, this is completely backwards. You want to do the least amount of work possible to make the most amount of money from your audience. I said, that's great and all, but like, where's the most important part, which is how you serve and you impact these people. And uh, that just really left uh, kind of a bad taste in my mouth. I had a client that kind of went sour and uh, I just realized like, as much as I thought that was my dream client, it's not. I want to work with impact driven entrepreneurs who are trying to like me, get our message out to the masses. We have something that is valuable. We have something that we know can change lives. And that's what we lead with because we know if we lead with that, we can monetize it and and make a living from it on the back end. And it's not vice versa. So, um, that's like, like, and that's such a powerful realization and and people listening might, might gloss over that and not realize how big that is. But you, what, and, and what you kind of realized there is that the people that you worked with weren't, the people that were going to be like fired up about doing the same things as you were, they weren't going to be excited about what you were bringing them. They were just going to be like, Oh yeah, well that's cool. But like, I don't really want to do all that work. Can I have the easy route? Instead, you wanted to actually work with people who are doing it for a reason, who want to put in the hard work, who want to, you know, get good results for the people they're with and actually yeah. want to create change. And, and those, and it's interesting because those kind of people generally, when I speak to them, they're the people who are really interested and excited to speak to you. They, they want to hear about what you know. They want to hear about your thoughts. They want to hear about your opinion. They, they want to really use your expertise. And I've also found that position that those other types of people, they just don't, they don't care. They're like, well, you know, you just do your thing. I don't really care. I just want to do my own thing. And I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I found that those people aren't that fun to work with. Absolutely. And, and a prime example of this is uh, I actually got contacted recently um, from a guy who watched one of my YouTube videos. He reached out to me and said, hey, look, um, I want to release a program and I want you to build, build stuff out for me. Can we jump on a call and chat? Um, so right now working for Steve, like my time outside of Steve is obviously limited. I work for him nine to six each day. Um, it is very, very rare that I even entertain a conversation like that these days, but something about this guy stuck out and come to find out he has an Instagram network of over 40 million followers. Now, and yeah, 40 million, right? <laughs> uh, initially, because of that past experience with other influencers, you know, I already have a bad taste in my mouth working with people like that. The big difference with this guy, as we started working together, we're currently building out the product launch. Um, one of the things I, I encourage my clients to do, aka I tell them, you better do this or else I'm going to scold you, is I love when my clients want to, like you said, learn more about what we're doing and and figure out how to, you know, take what we're building and and take it to that next level. And I really believe that one of the best ways to improve as a marketer is to what? Watch webinars, sit through webinars, 
study them, look at them from a different lens. This guy, 40 million, 40 million follower network. This guy, he has a, he has a business that does uh, over a million a month. He is so, it's my favorite word. It's grit. He's so gritty. And he told me the other night, we got on a call the other day. He was like, you know what I did the other night? He's like, usually I watch Netflix. He said, I took your list of webinars and I watched three of them. He's like, here's the ones I watch. Here's what I learned from each of them. And like, those are the type of people that are so focused on serving their people that they're willing to go the extra mile. That's they're, they're no brainer dream clients for me because that's what this game is all about. That's amazing. And Austin, so let, let me just try and make some, some useful information for the listener here. So that's the dream client. How do you find them? For sure. I mean, this one, once again, very, uh, I don't want to say lucky because luck comes from hard work. Um, he literally, yeah, he didn't, he didn't just find your YouTube. You've put a lot of effort into making sure that the right people find that stuff, right? For sure. And, and, and it's a, it's a, you know, it came from a lot of consistent hard work over the last few years. I don't, I don't see it as I made one YouTube video that attracted a dream client to me. I see it as I've spent the last three years refining my skill set, educating myself each, each and every day, which allowed me to create that video that attracted a dream client to me. Someone who says, hey, look, this guy knows what he's doing. He has a skill set that I know I can benefit from. Let me reach out to him and see if he'd be interested in working together. And, you know, going back to the whole, like, that is the easiest sale to make is if someone's coming to you saying, hey, look, I have this problem. I have this pain. I'm going through this struggle. I'm making these mistakes and I'm pretty confident you can fix it. Can we chat? That's me jumping on a phone and being like, yeah, you know what you're struggling with. You know, I have the skill set. What are you waiting for? Will that be Visa or MasterCard? So once again, I cannot, you know, stress enough consistency, um, self-education. Like I, I've become a complete geek. My Netflix these days is literally watching webinars and every once in a while I watch Netflix. I've been watching a little bit of stand-up comedy, but, uh, <laughs> the point there is like, if you really want to, this world is flooded with experts, with people who are very brilliant, very great at their craft. Um, everyone out there who's listening to this podcast has competitors that are likely ahead of them. And if they're not like keep refining your skill set, otherwise they're going to pass you soon. Yeah. Um, educate yourself each and every day. And when you do that slowly and surely your dream clients are going to show up. I mean, it took me three years to get people to, you know, perk up their ears and actually listen to me for a while. It was a struggle. I was grinding. I had a lot of late nights. I used to work in my dad's basement. I lived with him for a year. And, uh, I just remember like nights of complete and utter self-doubt nights of what the hell am I doing? Like none of my friends do any of this. Are they thinking I'm weird? Um, am I, am I going to figure it out one day? And that little bit of hope of as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other, understanding that I love what Steve says, be peak focused, know where you want to go. But like, you don't see the whole path up to that peak. All you need to do is you need to look down at your feet and you need to understand, okay, what, what is that next step I need to take? And then after that, what's the step after that? And so on and so forth. And sure enough, you're going to get to the peak of that mountain. So yeah, I just encourage you guys, like anyone that's listening to this, that is trying to attract their dream clients, a don't be afraid to share the ups and downs, the, the successes as well as the losses, because the losses are what humanize us and show our dream clients that, you know, why we're at where we're at. 
I'm, I'm very transparent about, hey, if there's something I don't know, I share it. Who, who's the best at this? What's a book for this? I want to learn in this area. Where, what are the books? What are the podcasts I need to listen to? And doing that shows my prospects, whether they're you know, warmed up and ready to buy today or maybe 10 months down the road. If they see me learning each and every day, they know I'm going to put my full effort into building good products, providing good services to them. Yeah. That was long, long round. And I love this because everything you're saying is super useful. Like the point where you feel that you're talking too much is the point where I'm getting the most value. And I think the audience will as well. So don't worry, man. Don't doubt it. (laughs) So here's here's my question. So, and I I love all that. And you, you identifying your dream customers. Everything I'm hearing right now is that you're over that hump and you're reaching up past and and gaining this momentum to, you know, gain more people. Everyone's listening to your email list. People are reaching out to you. It's all going great. And then you make the decision to go and work for somebody else. Now, I know why you've done that, I think, but, and, and based on the person that is, but also there's an element in my mind that says, well, what if, you know, making that decision has he made that decision and, and, and what was the thought process? And, and anybody listening right now who may be in the same position, is that something they should go through? That wasn't really a question. That was like a rambling of three sentences okay. together. But like, do you see what I mean? So like, so talk to me about your decision to go and work with Steve, which I think was a great one, by the way. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot that you learn, but there's also an element of like, okay, well, I'm working for somebody else. So that's going to limit, you know, what I could potentially grow to. For but sure, I wanna, yeah. I wanna, process about this 100 one of the uh and, and i'll kind of I'll, I'll talk present and then i'll go back to the decision because one of the things that i fell into very quickly the first few weeks working for steve and uh and the reason i'm, I'm okay sharing this is because i know he would kick me in the butt if he heard this uh one of the one of the things i fell into the first few weeks was an employee mindset of hey i'm i'm working for someone else steve tell me my tasks and i'll check them off the list I'm going to show up nine to six. I'm going to do what you need me to do. And that's it. And very quickly, luckily, 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 the entrepreneur in me kicked in and said, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Steve hired you for a reason. And it's to help grow this business, figure out how you can put your marketing cap on, how you can put your entrepreneur cap on and extend what he hired you for. So I will say um, for anyone who you know, is an entrepreneur that's considering going back to a nine to five, considering going back to working for someone else, Regardless of where you're at, if you're wired like an entrepreneur, you're always looking to innovate. You're always looking to push the envelope, go above and beyond, because that's what entrepreneurs are. We're innovators. We're problem solvers. We don't don't show up and expect a list to be handed to us and just do the bare minimum. We go above and beyond to accelerate our growth and accelerate what we're doing. So caveat there. Um, In regards to making the decision, I... This, this game of entrepreneurship is a game of growth, as you know. Um, for me, it was a, a no-brainer in the sense that it, this working for a mentor and getting to sit next to someone like Steve each and every day, to me, is the quickest accelerant to get where I want to go. Steve runs a business that I really believe in. I mean, this, this was the initial thought is, do I believe in what he's building? Do I believe in him as a leader? And do I believe in what he wants to hire me for? Once all those three were checked off, it was a no-brainer already. Then you add in, and what's nice is Steve and I have a really good relationship. So I was very transparent with him of saying, look, you know, he gave me the offer. He said, here's the pay, yada, yada, yada. Here's what you're going to get. Here's what I'm hiring you for. 
And I said, Steve, I'm well aware of the intangibles of this job, which like, he's like, yeah, you have until the end of the week. Let me know. I said, here it is. Like you gave me a piece of paper for the offer. What are we waiting for? I'm down. And uh, it was really just full and utter belief that the position he's hired me for, what he's building, and once again, who he is, is a community and an environment that I will thrive in and that I know will get me to where I want to go quicker. So are there some selfish intentions in there? I think as entrepreneurs, absolutely. We're growth-minded. Um, if this wasn't a position that I didn't think I could grow to who I want to become quicker, easier, faster, stronger, there would have been more weight to the decision. There would have been more to think about. But for me, it was like, it was just a no-brainer. Can you talk to us about what that vision is? Because a decision like this is very much about the long game, which I love mm. because you're a young guy, same as me. And we, we both know that you can put three years in working for Steve and that will just give you such a boost for where you want to go over the next 20, 30, 40 years of your business. Yeah. So could, do, do you have a vision of where you want to get to in the next, say, five to 10 years? For sure. Yeah. By, by 30, I want to be completely financially free. Um, you know, I still have a little student loan debt that I'm just... Yeah, how old are you right now? Just so it- I'm, I'm 26. Okay, cool. So next four so years. Okay. In four years, I want to be completely financially free. I want to have a. Uh, everyone always laughs at me when I say this. I want to have a lake cabin. Um, to me, I, I grew up in the summertime back home in Spokane, Lake Coeur d'Alene. Uh, you know, out with the family, bonfires, boating all day, water sports, fishing. Like it's just it's just the ultimate environment for relationships, in my opinion. So I, I want to have a lake cabin by 30. Um, th- those are kind of like, you know, from, from the financial standpoint, like financially free. I never thought when, when I was 22 going to the job market and I'm sitting there the first two months working for someone else, if you would have told me that by age 30, I would even have the thought of being financially free. I would have laughed at you because I was, I was making what three K a month. I was in like a $39,000 per year job living in LA. All, all of my paycheck was going to rent living in a cardboard box with three other of my fraternity brothers would have never thought that. But now I see what marketing can do. I see what entrepreneurship can do. And I'm, I'm, I've never been more confident that those things are going to happen by age 30. Um, in regards to, you know, the profession and the skill set and, and who I'm trying to grow into as a marketer and entrepreneur, I really be, I really want to be known as one of the, great direct response marketers. I think there's something beautiful about being able to craft words and, you know, in a way that moves someone to a sale. Um, I had a really good conversation. I was at a bachelor party in Vegas a few weeks ago and met one of my good buddies, his friend from college who I had not met before. And uh, it's always funny because old me thought that sharing what I did was super taboo and I always shied away from it. New me understands how badass us entrepreneurs are because we're literally trying to change the world and impact lives and then make a living from it. And so I had a really good conversation with this guy just about that thought of like, you know, if you truly believe in what you're selling, um, all, all making money is, and all business is, is a transaction of value. As you guys know, it's like, it's like I'm selling you something that I feel like I'm getting ripped off because you're paying me less than I value it at. But I'm willing to make that transaction because I know it's going to help you. And that's how you grow your business. And so for me, once again, just going back to the art of sales and the art of 
copywriting. Like there's just something so intricately, I guess, intimate and, and skillful. It's, it, I really do see it as an art and uh, I want to continue to, you know, refine that skill set and, and refine how I draw and paint on the canvas each and every day um, and, and be known as, you know, one of one of the greatest artists in the direct response game. Wow, I love that. And, and it's great to hear your vision because it is more than just when I when I think about where I want to go in the next five years. For me, it's the biggest thing that gives me drive isn't the monetary goal. It's about who I want to become. And, sure. and I love that you've got that down. And I'm absolutely certain that you're going to get there. Um, even just seeing what you're doing now and, and with the people that you're surrounding yourself by. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what you're doing within Steve's company? Because I know, so, so, and this is what I know so far. I can see people that, you know, there's Colton and Dexy and you've got, um, Marley and, and you, and he's got this rock star team around us. And a lot of us kind of know what they're known for but we don't always see behind the curtain. And right. I'm really interested to know specifically about what you're involved with, only so that we can get a better understanding because I, I really want the audience to know, you know, are you working on the MLM side? Are you working on the offer side? Are you doing both? And what is what does your day-to-day look like, you know? Is that okay for sure. to share? Yeah, 100%. And I, I need to, I'll tread lightly as to not tease too much stuff here. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, right. <laughs> you're trying to pull everything out of me. Uh, <laughs> One of the one of the things I think I should let everyone know is that I was building funnels for Steve before I came to work for him full time. So he is very systematic in his approach to business. Steve loves to build offers. He loves to create funnels. He loves to geek out on that side of things. He is a very brilliant entrepreneur and business owner, and he's he's where he's at because of his you know skill set in regards to hiring the right people and putting them in the right places. So going back to you know his content team. Steve loves to publish. He loves to create content. What he does is he films it. He'll, you know, design a little intro, outro, so on and so forth. And he passes it off to the next person. And the next time he sees it is when that episode is going live. And so, you know, before I was working for Steve, I was really just one cog in the wheel. I was his funnel finisher. I would basically make sure that before we launched a funnel, everything was tied together neatly all emails were put in place, all the integrations were in place, so on and so forth. Um, when I first started with him about a month and a half ago, it was more of the same. It was, hey, you know, you, we need to integrate you. We need to, we need to, you know, figure out what other areas that, that I can take off of other people's plates. And I can tell you where I'm at right now, like it's an ever evolving game. Um, one of the things that I'm very grateful and fortunate for is that Steve's been very transparent up with me, telling me that he trusts me a lot. He, you know, he's, he's super picky with his funnels and just kind of his, he's super picky with his business with good reason. Um, so the fact that, you know, he literally sent me a box one day being like, dude, he was out of town. And he's like, I, I don't tell a lot of people this. He's like, I, I really trust you. He's like the fact that I could be out of town and, you know, you have access to everything and I'm not concerned about stuff falling apart or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that to me was, was a really liberating thing to hear. It was really nice to hear that he has that trust in me. So it also gave me a little bit of wiggle room to bring more to the table, to be honest, to be, you know, I'm coming into his business as an outsider, as someone that he has marketed to, someone that he has sold to. So I have a unique perspective on what his business looks like from the outside. Because as you know, us marketers and us entrepreneurs, like, we can have blinders on sometimes and what yeah. we're doing, how we're marketing, so on and so forth. 
can be drastically different from how our audience is perceiving it and how they're, you know, intaking our information. So um, what was really cool is one of the days we, we sat down and we were kind of doing this big planning session and he literally said like, poke holes, like where are the holes in my business that you've seen from an outsider's perspective? And uh, that's been really fun just to continue to, once again, he has a grand vision for what he wants to create. And for me, for Colton Woods, who's, who's on our team as well, brilliant guy, for the three of us to kind of just sit down and, and powwow and be like, hey, once again, there's the peak. There, there's where Steve wants to go. Now, what pieces need to be in play to get there? Um, that's been a part of my role that I didn't expect to have a say in. Because once again, I, I was expecting to come in and be like, hey, here's what we need to build. Go build it. Um, it's more so... It's a bootstrap business, man. It's ever evolving. Um, things are changing. Things are moving fast. And so it's gone from me strictly just building funnels to, you know, helping him brainstorm new offers that, that we're putting out, helping him brainstorm um, launch plans and kind of how we're communicating with his audience. Uh, one of the roles I really love is we recently hired a new ad agency, someone who's driving Facebook and Instagram ads for us. And uh, I'm kind of the, the point person on that. So I get to really communicate with their team, um, see what campaigns they're launching, kind of be in touch with the numbers of, you know, behind the pay traffic and whatnot. And uh, that's, that's been a really fun part because I do love, you know, like I said, I want to, I'm a direct response geek and a part that I, for sure. And yeah, I, I not only want to build the offers and the funnels, but I also love and, and want to continue to refine my skills on the traffic side of things as well. So yeah, that's really interesting. Is it is it since Steve kind of gave you this verbal trust in you, that's when you decided to get out of that kind of employee mindset and really start to take more on as, as that entrepreneur that's in you? Was that the turning point you feel? 100%. That, that was the switch 100% because it, it went from, hey, Steve hired me to do this thing to, wait a second, he hired me to, yes, do this thing, but also to come in and use my skill set. Like that's, that's what he hired me for. He, yes, he hired me for a specific role, but more so he hired me because of who I am and, and my skill set. And, you know, he's really, really good. And once again, I feel very fortunate and grateful that I can use my, my creative skill set to solve different problems than what my role says. Yeah. I love that a lot. And have you, and here's, and here's an interesting question. Since you've gone through that mentality shift of I'm going to go beyond the nine to, nine to six and, and going to give more, have mm-hmm. you noticed it's been, um, you've been doing extra effort and extra work in past the allotted hours? And has that impacted your personal business? Good question. Yeah, it's uh, the, the balance between working for someone else and running my own personal business. Um, it's funny because initially I found myself making a lot of excuses and I think it goes back to that whole employee mindset of, Oh shoot, I just worked a full day. I I don't have time to work on a business. You know, I look at, I look at people who are trying to transition from a nine to five and and go into business for themselves. What's the biggest excuse we hear? Oh, I don't have the time to do this. Yeah. BS. Wake up early, go to bed late, like figure it out. If you're really passionate about it, figure it out. And, uh, yeah, so that was that was one of the problems that I definitely ran into in regards to, you know, kind of time management and whatnot. Um, I mean, as as you know, I, I work seven days a week around the clock. Uh, I'm I'm working on building the other areas of my life and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, you know, even like I was working from a coffee shop on Saturday here in in Boise, working on my own stuff, and something came up from Steve. He sent me an email being like, "Hey, this needs to be fixed." 
employee mindset says, Hey, okay, cool. That's Steve's work. Fix it on Monday. Entrepreneur mindset says, fix it. Now we're losing money. So it was one of those things where like, I don't, I don't feel like Steve has me Monday through Friday, nine to six. I know that's when he expects me, but I'm always going to, you know, I feel really involved in this business and helping him grow in over delivering just like I would for a client or a customer. My goal is to show up and over deliver for Steve. And uh, the only way for, for me to do that is to never feel like problem solving fits into a specific schedule. I think that's so important. And, and it's really funny because that all in mindset is the thing that will set you apart as an entrepreneur, as an employee, as anybody in any business. And I think the key difference here is when you're an employee, going that extra mile and becoming that kind of right hand person is super valuable to the person you're working for. The challenge is, does that person value enough to give you the reward that compensates that in terms of the long term? So for example, like I used to do that in the company I work for, but they would only ever give me as much as they wanted to. And then the one minute I stopped jumping through hoops is when they dropped me. But the difference is when you're working for an entrepreneur who understands about growth and understands where he wants to get you. And I listened to a story recently about um, actually with Chris Benetti and how he was working um, with, with Kim Barrett. And there was a point where he was going to be in a position where he was like, well, to continue to grow, I feel like I need to go on my own. And Kim, what he did was he, he proposed to Chris to say, hey, well, let's go into business together and you can run your own thing. And I really love that because what, what, that, what that looked like to me was an employer who saw that the person was growing. And rather than being in that mindset of, no, I'm going to try and hold on to them for my betterment, he saw and helped that person go to that next level. To the point now where Chris is now working on his own. And I know you know Chris, so that's, that's hopefully cool to talk about. But you know, it was yeah. really interesting that I looked at that from like the employer mindset of, wow, now that's a guy that's really going places. And I absolutely feel like Steve is in the same position. The same as what you know Russell did with Steve when, when he was in that position. And also with Julie right now, because obviously Julie has just stepped down from ClickFunnels right. as well. And it was yeah. that... And it's that mindset of, no, I'm going to continue to support you to help you grow. And you yep. still see you know, Steve being a big part of ClickFunnels. He's still in the Two Comma Club X coaching program. He's still in OFA. It's almost like he's a bigger part of ClickFunnels now than when he worked there, which is kind of yeah. weird to say, but he's now still working on his own thing. And, and Russell understands that as Steve grows, that's going to feed back into ClickFunnels as well. And I imagine yeah. that it's going to be the same for you, man. So I'm super excited for everything that goes on. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it really comes down to, I mean, that's, that's a great point because what it really comes down to is, uh, you know, I go back to the whole thought of Russell talks about the attractive character. Um, you know, while Steve was at ClickFunnels, Obviously, Russell Brunson is the attractive character of ClickFunnels. And while, while people still didn't know Steve, like his personality was, it had to be a step down. It, it couldn't compete and, and outshadow Russell. And uh, I think that's going back to your point in regards to the employer mindset. I think that's a big problem with a lot of corporate America. I think that's why a lot of employees are fed up, feel stuck in the mud, is that their employers limit their growth and don't find creative ways to solve that. And so people get pent up, they get frustrated, they get mad because they feel like as humans, we, we are growth minded individuals. And so when we feel like, you know, things have stagnated, when we're not making any progress, there's two things that we do. Either we sit back and we crumble and it just kind of festers inside, or we go figure out a way to grow and, and, and grow into the person that we want to. So very important for yeah employers. And that's, that's something that I've noticed um, and made mental note of for 
you know, when I go back to building my own business and I start hiring and I start building a team, Steve, one of the first things he said to me and that we kind of discussed was, what does, what does my business look like if I come work for you? Do you expect me to stop selling? Do you expect me to just kind of put it on the side? And he was like, no, he's like, absolutely not. He's a huge Robert Kiyosaki fan. And one of the things that he uh, picked up from Robert Kiyosaki is that Kiyosaki, I think he makes all of his employees um, run their own business on the side of working for him. And so Steve says, I'm the same way. He's like, if you are out there refining your craft by selling your own thing, I know that that is going to translate. You're going to grow and that's going to translate to what you bring to the table for me. So he's like, I would be selfish if I told you to put your stuff to the side. So that's been, uh, once again, just a really cool, you know, mental note for me moving forward as an entrepreneur and a future employer. And uh, once again, just something that I'm super grateful for working for this guy. Fantastic. No, I, well, honestly, Austin, I've loved this whole interview. Is there, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you really want to share with the audience? Because I feel like we've dug a lot into your story, haven't talked that much about webinars specifically. Is there anything that you want to share that we haven't really talked about? Yeah, I would say uh, I've never been much of the woo-woo kind of guy, but I will say as I continue to go deeper in this game, the best thing that you can do as an entrepreneur is focus on yourself. We have a lot of, as humans, as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of mental roadblocks that we need to overcome that the quicker you focus on solving those, the quicker your business is going to grow. I look at my first two and a half years in business and once again, I've always felt like, you know, uh, 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 an excellent marketer. I understand marketing and sales. And then I look back to why business didn't always go well for me, even if I knew how to market better than other people. And it's because self-sabotage. I never charged what I was worth. I was always, and because I never charged for what I was worth, I was always scrambling for clients. And then I'd oversell myself and not be able to deliver a good product or service to my existing clients. And there's just so much work that goes into this game. So I encourage you guys, like, I'm a complete geek when it comes to the marketing and sales side of things. Like I said, I, I sit and I watch webinars as a hobby. Who does that as a 26-year-old? But um, the, the best thing that you can do, like, you get to a point as you study marketing, you study funnels, so on and so forth, where, like, once you get it, you get it, and you need to understand the foundation. And then, like, once you get that, if your business isn't growing, look internally. What, what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis? that's prohibiting you from getting to where you want to go, figure out what those roadblocks are, mental, physical. You know, if you don't have energy throughout the day, it's probably because you're sitting at a computer. Take 30 minutes, take an hour, go exercise, go take a walk, go shoot hoops. I've been playing basketball every day. I neglected it for two and a half years. Basketball, like, it is my jam. I grew up playing it since second grade. In the first two and a half years of my business, I maybe played it five times. Well, no shit, my business isn't working because I'm not focusing on what I, what I enjoy outside of business to, to make myself perform at a higher level, whether I'm building a funnel, whether I'm doing a live stream or whether I'm out there connecting with someone. So really just focus on yourself. I think uh, once again, I'm not, I'm not the woo woo. You, you got to do all this crazy stuff. Like take care of yourself. Your mental health has a direct correlation to how you perform as an entrepreneur. And the sooner you realize that, the quicker things are going to go for you. 
dude, that's amazing advice. <laughs> and uh, I can't agree more. And it's super, it's been super fun. This has been one of the longest interviews I've done for a long time, but I feel like it's just because I'm super interested in everything and I could just sit and chat with you kind of all day. And uh, thank you so much because you've dropped so much value. I feel like understanding your story for everyone listening can really paint uh, a good picture of where you can go and the, and the way that people think. Um, one question I've got for you, Austin, is there anybody that you know that you think would be a good fit to come on this podcast for me to speak to? Anybody you can recommend? Oh, man. My, uh, my buddy, Alex Taylor, is always a good time. He's the, uh, he runs a company called Funnel Empire. He's a hoot. He's from the UK. He's my favorite British man ever. Um, he would be an awesome one. If you haven't had Blake Newbar, Blake Newbar is... He is on another level and I'll let you interview him and, and figure out what I mean by that. But, uh, I had the chance to hang out with him for a few days in Boise. He stayed at my house and, uh, the dude just, he, he, he plays on a Steve jobs level and not a lot of people see it because he doesn't publish which he's changing. I keep, I keep punching him in the face, telling him to publish more, but the way that he thinks about business and marketing made me realize that I, I think way too small. So Blake, Blake would be a, a phenomenal one. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome recommendations. Cause I, I definitely have wanted to get Blake on, but that recommendation right there is making it a priority in my mind. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm super looking forward to hanging out with you in Boise when I come there for OfferMind and anybody that's listening, who is going to be there in OfferMind, reach out, man, reach out to Austin, reach out to me. Let me know you're going. I would love to meet up with a bunch of you guys. It's going to be super cool to find out. And, and I, I don't know if you find this Austin, but probably with your email list and with my podcast, when people reach out and connect, it's super fun because like they know more about you than you realize right like so, <laughs> so anybody listening make sure you reach out to us for them um austin for anybody that's listening right now and wants to follow along with your journey and i would encourage all of you to get on austin's email list where's the best place to go to do that and how can they follow along with your journey for sure best place to get on the list is uh i think it's austinjdixon.com forward slash list um you can opt in there my facebook group will get you on the list as well it's salesfunnelsharks.com um social medias at Austin J. Dixon on all platforms. And uh, if you want to learn how to build some kick-ass webinars, growwithwebinars.com. Amazing. Austin, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited to see where your journey takes you. And uh, yeah, I'm super looking forward to just continuing to hang out with you, man. Keep doing your thing and uh, crushing it. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me on. No worries. And for everybody listening, make sure you tune in for the next episode. As you know, we have amazing guests on every single week. And if you ever need anything, make sure to reach out to me. Instagram's the best place at Jamie Atkinson. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. 
Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.